everyone. This is Mimi and welcome to Taboo with Mimi, the first ever episode. And then I don't know what to say. In today's episode we have the most Who are you? I have I'm here with a very special guest. My very first guest. We're going to talk about anything and everything basically that is taboo in this world, but from a unique perspective of the guest that is right in front of me. So, who are you? Hey bitches. <laughs> It's Manasa. Hi, I'm Manasa Gopal, and I am ready to talk taboo with Mimi. Yeah, she is ready, guys. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, hi, I'm Manasa. I spend my 20s on interesting projects. I am an entrepreneur and currently a filmmaker based out of Bali. Uh, prior to this, I went across all the seven continents, did the world's longest delivery to Antarctica, minted the first NFT in Antarctica, and also flew on the first exploratory aircraft to Antarctica. And prior to that, I worked as a researcher on environment as well as genetic modification, cellular biology across Singapore, East Africa, Australia, and India. That's well, it. Where are you from? Oh, I am from uh, India. But at the moment, I'm based out of Singapore slash Bali uh, slash the world, and I run Love a company that. based out of Singapore that does web and media. Cool. And we're here in Bali. How do you like it? I like it, man. I think that it's a good spot. I mean, initially the first day that I came, I actually wanted to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think somebody was actually checking out that day. Do you remember her? No. Um, I think she's French. I mean, she. Yeah, yeah, that French girl. And I was thinking, you know, looking at her and I was thinking to myself, man, she's so fucking lucky she gets to go back home. Really? Yeah, I was just thinking, I was like the first day I came and, you know, it's been like super long because of COVID, like of me staying in dorm rooms. And then I came and I stayed in a dorm room and like somebody snored the whole night. Mm. And I really wanted to just go back home. But like, you know, now I've really settled in and... and I mean, today morning, okay, today morning, I went for this run with this group of people. And I was just thinking to myself, so I suffer from the privileged problem of not knowing what is home mm. simply because I've I've created like an environment where I have too many options. Right. Like less options is always good. And I was just like coming back from the run today and I was thinking to myself, I can see myself living here for a long time. And call this home. Exactly. And I was I called my mom and I was like, you know what? There is this girl called Mimi, and she told me that she stays six months in Rome and six months in Bali. Who is that girl? Yeah. And my mom, okay, my mom couldn't tell your name, okay? Like, I, she couldn't pronounce it? She can pronounce Mimi, but I wasn't like, I was like, you know, like, munching the words because that's the only English word in the conversation, and I didn't want people to think, like, I'm saying something, like, bad about you. I was just, like, talking nice things about you, and I was like, it's a Mimi, Mimi. And she heard it as, she heard as Italy. <laughs> Idli is like a thing South Indians eat. Have you eaten it? Nope. It's like, I don't know, okay, but it's like a pancake that people eat in okay. South India. Like, okay, Never if heard of South that. Indians hear this, they're gonna kill me. It's not a fucking pancake, it's much better than that. Uh, wow. But yeah, <laughs> so she was like, okay, we'll just call her Idli. Tell me, what did Idli say? <laughs> and I was like, okay. But I mean, like, if you if you like knew what it meant, it's 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 so endearing to call somebody idli. Idlis are so cute. It's like pumpkin. It's like to call someone pumpkin. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Like yeah. Yeah, idlis. You you should call it like a small child. Okay. It's like hey, um, idli. I'm the small child. 
Yeah, and I was just telling her that, you know, like, I have this friend, like, Mimi, and she does, like, six months in Rome, six months in Bali, and you know what? I'm going to do that. Still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. but is home for you India, or is home for you Singapore, or is both? Neither, actually. I mean, like, you know, I'm not trying to sound, like, anti-patriotic or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, the reality is, you know... At the risk of like, you know, sounding, sounding ungrateful. Mm. I just feel like I don't really fit in a lot of places. Like yeah. I feel too Indian when I'm abroad and I feel too like global when I am in India. As right. a result of which I don't really feel, I don't, first I'm, I'm very sure like if my parents didn't stay in India, I probably wouldn't like, you know, go I'll, back. Yeah. Yeah. I'll visit I feel the same for sure. I would Italy. travel yeah. for sure. Because India is like, you know, it has so much to offer. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily stay there. And like Singapore, like it's a great place to like, you know, stay, make money, run a business out of, like enjoy free capital gains tax and all of that. But I am too young to enjoy Singapore. I just feel if you're in your 30s and you like, you know, like or 35. How old are you? I'm 26 now. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like 35 or something and I have like, you know, a family and I want more calmness, then I think that's when I can <coughs> enjoy that. Okay, cool. So I have a question for you. Yeah, what is it? I'm just scared. <laughs> no. Okay, would you identify as a woman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am okay. a woman, okay? I bled all my life, okay? I feel strongly that I'm a woman. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, in today's world, we need to clarify. I ask, ask yes. that. So you're a woman from India. How do you think, like, how do you think you're different as a woman how are you treated differently as a woman in India versus Singapore versus when you're traveling, for example? Okay, this one's gonna get some heat. See, okay. Well, it's I'm, called taboo. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> say anything that is not like factually backable. Mm-hmm. Your experience of it. I yeah. mean, it's not just my experience, it's also like statistics, right? Singapore is probably the most safest place that it is there for a woman. It's truth. Like, you know, I've gone out for, like, swimming with my friends and just walk back home at, like, 3 a.m. in my swim swimwear. Yeah. And nobody fucking bats an eye. It's not because, like, you know, like, they don't want to, like, look at anyone. But it's just, like, you know, they're being polite. And I enjoy the freedom. You know, like, people are like, oh, so what's the difference? What is the difference? You know, the tiniest difference that made me feel so free? I can listen to music when I'm walking on the road. What do you mean? So, normally when I'm traveling, I don't listen to music when I'm walking on the road because I need to have my eyes and ears open all the time. Hmm. I need to know if somebody's coming behind me or going like in front of me. I need to know all of these things. But in Singapore, I can just forget everything. I can wear earphones. For me, I feel that's the biggest privilege that I experienced. That Hmm. is the most basic form of thing that, you know, a man can just enjoy. Do you you think that's because of where you grew up because for example for me that's just normal yeah, i never had to think about that mm-hmm. it's not normal for me okay a lot of people would be like oh no like you know it's not that bad but if it's not that bad then like why am i asked to like cover up where in india in india and like if it's not that bad like why is it that i've been like assaulted before mm-hmm 
see, this is not to say that entire country is bad, okay? India is like a very, very nice country with like amazing people. Mm-hmm. But the problem is if like for every hundred people, if you have one bad people or person, for example, if you extrapolate that data to like 1.4 billion people, if I'm not wrong, you get like a lot of people who are not right in the mind. Mm-hmm. So you're just chance and you crowd them all up in the cities because the population density of cities is like so much. Then it is obvious that you're going to get like a crime rate that is higher than usual. This is not like I'm sure every country probably has like for like per capita. I'm sure like every country has like the same number of like people that are not right in the mind. But just because by the virtue of data and by the virtue of like, you know, not like very effective ways of keeping things in check. I just think there's issues that women deal with on a more regular basis. So that was like a thing for me that changed once I started traveling. Yeah. yeah. How'd that change when you started traveling? To be honest, like when I... So I know you've been to a lot of very yeah, I feel interesting places. Like when I'm traveling more than... See, I feel safe in Chennai, okay? There's no doubt about it, but I wouldn't necessarily feel the same level of safety if I were traveling by myself in India. Mm-hmm. But I could, I've traveled pretty much like a lot of places by myself. How many places you've been to? Countries? Because you've been to seven countries. Seven. You said that before. Continents. Yeah, yeah you said I've that before. I've been to seven continents in about like 30 countries or so. Mm-hmm. It's not much, but it gave me like a good like breadth of experience. It's yeah. like, you know, it was really unique each and like, you know, place in different parts of the continents. Would you say that's rare for a woman from India to be traveling so much and exploring? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like when I started, I was 19 and this was like 2016, 17. And back then, like, except for me, I knew like one other girl who was backpacking across Europe, but that's literally it. Why do you start? Why? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see what the world outside India looks like. and. You know, I was also like, you know, straight out of teenage, I really saw all these movies and I was like, okay, like people are like, you know, doing a lot of things differently and I wanted to do that differently too. I mean, I tried a lot of ways to get out, you know, to like get out and like explore. Like I learned Japanese, okay, in the hopes that, you know, like the Japanese, yeah, they'll give me like free trips to Japan and it almost happened like three times where they, they were almost going to give me the trip to Japan because like I was the only one who in my university who spoke good Japanese and uh, finally like something or the other didn't work out and it didn't happen and it's like you it's like you know the forbidden fruit tastes better so I was like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna like do it I'm gonna go cool question yeah a little different yeah how do you feel today in your body in your womanhood I actually like, okay, I, I'm gonna be honest, okay, uh, like, subjectively, I don't really like it that we have to go through periods and we have to force a baby out of our body, like, if we choose to have one, and, like, men don't have to go through anything, and then... Unfair. Yeah, and then, like, we literally create life, okay, we are God, and yet, like, like we're, like, second class to, like, men, I hate it, because of the... I mean, see, I don't think it's fair, okay, I got my periods when I was, what, 12? Me too. TMI. <laughs> but then, you know what? Never, then, never TMI. Yeah, never TMI. You have to discuss these things. And when actually, you know, it's so funny. I just thought I had beetroot juice or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was well, And I was like... Wait, because your mom wouldn't, like, because my mom, she prepared me for it. Yeah, my mom started preparing me for it, like, when I was 10, okay? But I was, like, yeah. hoping I didn't get it. Yeah. So I thought, like, okay, it was, like, beetroot juice or something. 
Because, you know, like, I was, like, also, like, it was in my seventh grade, okay? Yeah. So people were telling me... Early. People were telling me all sort of things. They were telling me that if you have your periods and then you touch a boy, you're going to get pregnant. Really? Yeah. And then they told me that if you had your periods and you go to a swimming pool, the pool is going to be red. Yeah. They told me all of these things. And I yeah. was like, shit, like, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. I remember, I remember my mom, she would, like, not get in the pool during her period because she's like oh because otherwise it's gonna be red and i'm like oh okay but it's then she just did, but she didn't she just didn't want to i guess i mean i guess it's just it's like uncomfortable, okay? it's uncomfortable it's, it's a lot of things and, yeah i'm like you know unfortunately i have to do it once yeah like i was in vietnam and it was like literally the last ferry out of this island that i was in and it was like a huge mess and i had to like swim a little bit of a man like, yeah i would like, but you're still just yeah. in pain. But then we have tampons now today, which okay, is like so easy. I, like in India, tampons are not a big thing because you don't want to insert anything up your pussy. I was just gonna ask. Yeah, I've never used. Or not, tampon. never. Never. Not even outside of India. No, I mean, cause I'm scared of it. I'm gonna be very honest. Why are you scared of it? Cause I just don't. It wasn't really introduced to me. Hmm. But now that you are, you know, twenty. Yeah. Do you no, still think no, that? No, it's literally the same, right? Like, you know, some things, you need to have, like, somebody who's, like, you know, somebody that you look up to as, like, when you're in your teenage years to teach you these things, to ease you up to these things. It's the same for, like, even the process of sex, right? You need. Did your mom teach you anything no. about sex? Zero. I mean, like, no, when I was, like, older, like, you know, she didn't... Did they not... teach you in school about no. sex? No. I mean, they no? taught me, like, what, like, a, like, you know... So, school. zero sexual education in school? No, I had, like, sexual education in terms of, like, biology. Okay. Like, you know, this is like, like a the vagina male organ, this is the yeah. female organ. Okay. I actually, like, you know, this is also like TMI, like, like till I was 17, I didn't really have a clear idea on what, like, a male genital looks like. Yeah. I mean, my, my first real, I mean, my ex, six years together, I remember, like, initially he didn't even know that, like, if I had my period, I was probably not gonna, I wasn't pregnant. Like, he didn't know so much about biology, and he was 24, 25, and he grew up in Israel, which is, you know. Yeah. We were discussing about something before this. What was that? How do you feel as a woman? woman? Yeah. No, I mean, like, after the unfair part, like... Unfair, sexual education. Never mind, like, we yeah. lost the flow of that one. But, like, yeah, I mean, periods, like, yeah. I was gonna tell you, like, this oh, funny periods. story. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna tell you this, okay? So, when I got my first period, right, I was, like, 12, and I thought, I was, like, hoping, like, you know, this better be fucking beetroot juice or something. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, and it wasn't going, okay? And <laughs> I actually ran away from my house because I got my periods, and I just felt like, you know, it'll, it'll be like, un I'll be unacceptable anymore. I just felt dirty, mm. and it's not without reason. There are, there are, like, you know, like, in my community, there is, like, a culture where, like, you know, if women get their periods, they, they stay apart. Like, they don't touch anyone for three days because you're considered, like, impure. Right. And... Not uh, lots of cultures is yeah, like I don't that, yeah. Yeah, I that in Italy. You? not in Italy so I, I saw my mom do it and I was like shit I didn't sign up for this I, I was like a kid okay I didn't want to be a woman and then they also have this function where like they celebrate like being a woman like you know once you get a yeah, yeah, yeah. and they invite everybody I didn't want my male cousins to know that I was bleeding out of my vagina mm -hmm. like that wasn't like you know that wasn't in my bucket list for the year and yeah so I ran away from my house like, there's a lot of shame around it there is and you know, just like, you know, two, three years ago, I just accepted it. I just felt like, you know, I am doing the same shit as a man is doing with with having my periods. What do you think helped you accept it? Reality. 
I saw myself, you know, I was rock climbing, I was working, I was cooking, I was doing fucking everything. And I also was like, you know what? I actually like, you know, like we fight for a lot of things. And I feel like why exactly, exactly, you know, is this like a temporary disability? Like, you know, if you get injured and you're bleeding, like a doctor tells you take rest. But why is it like when you're literally bleeding out of like one of the most intimate parts of your body that you're not given the same freedom like i bet my ass like you know if men got their periods they would have had like seven days off every single month they would have fought for it they would have gotten it what would you say it's the most taboo thing that you do or you embody i can give you some time to think about it no i mean like i don't believe we should eat the rich or tax the rich or any of these things i mean like you know there's like very so this is an actor called shahrukh khan in india okay and he's he's like super famous and i remember seeing one of his interviews about this topic and basically what i feel is like you know he literally started out at the bottom and he made it on his own and nobody helped him and now like you know people are always like you know you have so much money why don't you donate they almost like guilt guilt people into donating that is like the first like taboo like okay like when you say taboo i feel like it's like the non conventional thing that i strongly believe in and the second non conventional thing that i strongly believe in is guilt activism is like the worst form of activism i hate people who just like you know they're like you know save the turtles like you know use plastic straws but then they're meat eaters like you know make it make sense have you ever done that what guilt activism yeah never i think i have in the past what do you think is the most unique thing about you i don't know <laughs> I don't think I'm unique at all. I'm just somebody who just tried. That's it. I mean, and What did you try? I tried to go after whatever I dreamt of. That's it. What did you dream of? I I dreamt of being financially independent when I was a teenager. Why? Because I believe financial independence buys freedom. Unfortunately, I do come from a community where like men are the breadwinners and women are not. As a result of which like it's not it's not rare. that i have heard sentences like you know you'd be begging on the streets if not for me where like men said this to women and i've heard it you know hearing this as like a kid with like not even fully formed like brain it does something to you because yeah. then you start realizing as a kid that you know okay like these men are saying this but i know that these women are smarter than these men the only reason that these men are getting away with saying all these things is because they are making the money so does that mean money is power like money buys you freedom So that was my first thing, you know. I mean, I come from a patriarchal community, so. Where in India? So let me give India. some context. South of India, Chennai. I mean, see, I can only speak for like my specific like community, which. Right. Because uh, you said India is like. Yeah, India a is lot, huge. A melting I can't, like, pot. Speak for yeah. Right. It'll be wrong. What do you think? Because it's like you know, most people that just like grew up in kind of like this kind of culture, they would not think of like, you know. breaching out and say i need independence i need money they would just probably say okay this is the reality this is the culture i was brought up in and this is my life yeah yeah you decided to take kind of like a different turn what do you think helped to make this choice that you needed money to be independent and therefore you could do and have the life that you have i just hate people having power over me Mm-hmm. And in the past whenever somebody has had a power over me I felt like you know I, they did something for me financially I hated it 
and this is not like you know I was like 25 and like had like debt or something this is like when I was a, like you know teenager or something like that um, I just didn't like it and for me it was just like important like I was like you know this is like you know even if I'm like super broke I would never like try to depend on anybody for money and that was like super important for me I wouldn't respect myself if I took money from somebody and I lived off of it like that was like my number one thing like like I'll have my own money and even if like you know even if say for example like you know I get married in the future yeah I would not take like my partner's money that's just thing I mean it's like you know it's not I mean I don't it has like a mix of like feminism as well as like you know trauma uh, like I went through depression okay so I was like one of those kids that you know like overachieving kids that you know the parents like compared like other kids to till I was like in my middle school because I, I was into everything and then like you know I went through a lot of like you know very tough time like from my after like middle school to high school transition where I didn't feel pretty I felt ugly as fuck and I also like you know always thought, where do you think that came from man like I like objectively I actually looked ugly <laughs> that's it okay <laughs> but facts. but I mean that has to be influenced from the outside world like yeah for sure I mean it's beauty it's a it's like convention right well, yeah, but beauty is also very, very subjective. Yeah, like subjectively to me, I felt ugly. Mm-hmm. That was because I didn't fit the conventional beauty standards. Like, right. So what I are the beauty standards that you were yeah, brought up I'll with? Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, so I used to roller skating, right? And till I was in my middle school, I was like really into it. As a result of which, I was pretty fit. Uh, then like high school happened, and everyone was like, "You need to really focus on like your career and your education. Like, you know, stop every other activity." Mm-hmm. So I stopped dance and. I mean, another problem that I had, which is like, I mean, it's kind of personal, like I would never discuss this in a podcast, but it's with you, so I will, but is that I actually, my secondary sexual characteristics grew faster than my body. So in, in like simple words, I had like bigger breasts than I need to when I was a kid. Uh, as a result of which, like I had to wear bras and my mom was... What age? I started developing boobs when I was 11. Okay. Like, that's, that's pretty normal though. Like not, yeah, but like... To the point like where I had to like wear like regular bras. At eleven. Well, my first bra was at twelve. Yeah, I mean like, but it was like, it was bigger Full. than yeah. It was, Full like, boobs. Bigger, yeah, exactly. At eleven. Yeah. So bigger than anyone else. Yeah, and then like, okay, like what you're seeing now is like the toned down version. Okay, you haven't seen me in high school. <laughs> she has good boobs. Big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, as a result of which, my mom wasn't comfortable with me dancing. Because there's like a lot of men with like bad intentions who could be looking at a child dancing and okay. seeing the wrong things. Okay. So I basically cut down like every activity of my life from middle school to like high school except for education that had a huge impact on me. Or your mental health. For sure. Yeah. And also like I felt worthless, you know, like I've always felt this about myself. Like I may not be pretty, but at least like, you know, I have like a brain that I respect. Mm-hmm. But at that point of time, I was also like failing in all subjects, and I was like, okay, like the only thing that I thought was going good for me was like my intelligence or my brain, and that's also like letting go. So I just fell into big depression. But coming back to the original reason as to why I even started saying this is that, like something like you know clicked like ten days before my high school. So in India, we have something called board exams. Do you guys have it? It's like your main exam nope. at high school. You take that, and whoever gets good grades goes to good universities, and if you have bad grades, you go to bad universities. Okay, no. That's like the most important exam in your life, okay? It's um, like it's like your diploma, your high school diploma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
then I didn't study. So you get to study for two years for that exam, okay? I didn't wow. study. I studied for like ten days, and like right, like right before the tenth day, like my mom, me, my aunt, we all started crying because I didn't study for two whole years, and it was like such a dark period of my life where I just felt like it was better for me to like end my life. Uh, and then like I saw my mom crying, and it wasn't like you know like normal crying that you do with your moms. It was like you know like from the bottom of her soul and I was also crying my aunt was also crying my cousins were also crying we all like cried because they realized they okay so mental health wasn't is not like a big concept in India mm-hmm. like right now it is okay do people talk about it yeah right now people do but then back then like depression wasn't even a word that you you normally hear from people you know if you're depressed you something is wrong with you mm-hmm. like you're like mentally not like technically you're mentally not okay but like you're like mental Okay. Yeah. So like nobody even like I didn't know that I was depressed. Okay. I didn't yeah. even know the word. You just thought you were sad. Yeah. No, I just thought I was useless. That's it. Okay. I didn't know there was like a term for it. And then like ten days before this exam was when like all of us in my family we realized that I was actually going through depression, and like we all like bawled our eyes out because I because I actually like started the like trigger for it. I told my mom that you know I, you know what I feel like. I feel like I'm naked and I'm standing in the middle of the road. That's what I feel like. And wow. And yeah, anyway, so I went through this whole period and then in 10 days, I don't know like magically something changed in me that day when I confessed to my mom like something changed in me, okay? Uh, and I at this point of time like so I'm like 5 feet tall and I was also like obese at that point of time. I was like almost like 63 kilograms or something like that, which for my height is like obese, okay? Okay. and something changed when i like you know told my mom this and in 10 days i prepared for the exam i actually like did pretty well i scored like 90% 91% or something like that on 100 she's a genius <laughs> i mean it was like a fluke and then then like i went and i ran and i lost weight and in university like university started i actually did chemical engineering it was like the engineering i hated the least i just picked an engineering and did it Yeah. And I you know once I started engineering I was I just thought to myself I'm going to like try everything. I even tried rapping for a bit, okay? I thought I was going to make it as a rapping star, like a rap star. Is there anything of this online? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see it. I I I'll like, put a clip of it, guys. All evidence. Oh, too bad. So maybe we should do it here. <laughs> no. <laughs> Getting out of your comfort zone. Rap for me. <laughs> no. Yeah, I thought like a lot of things. Okay, I thought like I like I even like auditioned for movies. Like I did like everything under the sun. I did it, and that like one of the things that you get when you try everything is to like figure out what you really like. And I really like like you know tr- the idea of me being independently traveling by myself, and that's something I discovered. And, You know, there's like a very, very long answer to a very simple question you asked like forty-five thousand hours before, but that's like one of the things that you know. I Doesn't really matter. Thought yeah. that I that was like different for like me compared to like other people. See, people are different. Okay, everyone has their own goals. This yeah. Just my goal. That's it. What beauty standard you think women in India are hold hold to, are hold on to? How do you say it? Hold to. Hold to. I'm Italian, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like global, right? Everyone wants to be skinny, which I think is like changing for good now because now it's like no longer skinny that's like looked upon. Uh, it's like fit that's looked upon. Yeah. And I like it. I love it. Being fit. Because like at, when I was like 17, I thought that I had to like you know not eat for days so that I can look thin. 
But now I no longer like ever since I was seventeen. I no longer I, like I never as like since seventeen. I've never aspired to be thin. I've always aspired to be fit. So that's something that's like you know still prevalent. Also, definitely having lighter skin tone. Mm-hmm. So in India, I'm considered to have light skin tone, and that's like a so India is like a country that's been colonized by British, right? Mm-hmm. By white people, yeah. And as a result of which. I don't know man I don't know like what kind of like mental syndrome is this that you aspire to be the people who like ruined your life yeah right what is it called I think it's, it's not there. Stockholm syndrome no like, it's, no it's not like, I mean like no you like kind of fall for British, the person okay. but still there is something yeah, there's still like, there like you know like remnants that's out there I think like every colony like every country that's like in Asia that's been colonized has this if you go to Philippines You can literally see like whitening creams for women even now. Crazy talent too. Yeah, you can see in all of these countries, right? And yeah. India also has this thing like where you whiten yourself and Yeah. And we want to be tan. So it's like Yeah, but like I think your version of tan, you know, like I when people also like tell me, you know, like when I was growing up, I, my mom used to tell me, you know, white people want to be like tan. Like you don't have to like worry about like your skin tone because like white people want to be tan. Yeah. But I feel like what do you guys mean when you're tan is still like white? Okay. Oh, Remember I mean, when, I mean like, we're white. Yeah, like, yeah. One week ago, you were in the bathroom and you were like, "I'm so tan." Yeah, let's tell the story, you guys. <laughs> I said I, I was in the bathroom and I'm very pale. Like I'm a very pale person. There's like you know I'm very white. And then I I looked at my skin because like I've been tanning for a while. And I looked at my skin. And I was like, "Wow, I'm so tan." And Manasa goes. You're like wait do you think you're tan <laughs> which is just like so funny because it's like you know it shows yeah, I, like different standards yeah. i mean like okay like if you see mimi in real life and you're indian you wouldn't think she's tan right you, you would just, just think, think i'm white yeah yeah you'd be just white you look also south american sometimes but then okay. when you wear the stemband the hairband yeah so italian yeah i wonder what I, why why is that why is that in your mind I don't know. Maybe that's like what like I see like Italian people like okay like I sometimes like I see I meet a lot of Italian women okay and like the ones that I meet when they travel like usually people who travel are like kind of like you know they're not like people who follow rules right mm-hmm. and the ones the Italians that I've met in my travel journeys have always been like you know they've given hippie vibes to me. I was just gonna say hippie. That's like an offensive word or what? No, no, it's not. Right? Not um, to me at least. Not. I mean. Uh, See, as far as I know, hippie is not an offensive word. Okay. Yeah. If But we don't mean to offend anybody. Yeah. If there is yeah. like an offensive. Nature to this, educate us. <laughs> yeah, so, so I thought like I thought you don't give hippie vibes, and then you also like you don't just wear like headband. You also wear like malas around your neck. But, I mean, like you know, anyone can wear it. Uh, yeah, but I'm a yogi. Yeah, what I'm does sorry. yogi mean? It means that I'm a yoga teacher, so I do abide by certain yoga principles. Okay, I have like a question that you can answer. Yeah. Do you feel that? White people learning and profiting off like culture appropriation. Remember that day the Sunday market and there was this yeah. woman who was selling like she had like a Ganesha doll. She's okay for reference. She was white. Okay, she had like a Ganesha doll. She had incense. She had the whole package. And then she was also like selling. I mean, beads like literally anybody on earth can sell it because beads are fucking everywhere. Yeah. But she was selling these specific rudras, which are so Indian and. I don't know. I didn't. I felt quite uncomfortable. So for me, there's a very fine line between taking someone culture and appropriating it in the wrong way or in a way that can be offensive to the people. And so, for example, I remember I asked when I was at a teacher training. I asked my philosophy teacher, Aka Akasha. 
Akasha. Akasha. My feels of the teacher, because I remember, especially in the US, there is now this, like, is saying the OM, for, for example, before your yoga practice, culture appropriation. A lot of people don't like the OM. And what she answered was really interesting. And I think with that comes everything that, for me, I mean, that just makes sense to me. She said, if you are a yoga teacher or a yogi, that doesn't believe in the principles, and in this case, it's God or you, the universe or a higher power, whatever you want to call it. If you don't believe in it and you still sing the Om, then yes, that's cultural appropriation because you're actually taking something without understanding and believing in it. Mm. But you're just doing it because you're a yoga teacher and therefore you have to, then that's wrong because then you're taking something from other cultures and just making it yours without really respecting what was meant for in the first place. But if you do, and sometimes I struggle with that. Sometimes, for example, I feel like that day I wake up and I don't believe in God and I will, if I do go to a yoga class and they're singing the Om, for example, I will not do that because I try, like, that's for me, like, I try to respect that in that sense. But it's like but other days, relative God. Yeah. Oh, for you? No, no, for, for yogis. It's mm -hmm. not really, I mean, it's, I mean, it's like... I, I mean, in the yoga practice, it, it is. is, yeah. Okay, I mean, like, I grew up and I picked up yoga too. I just, I mean... The way I learned it was Om, it, it, you say it from your tummy, right? You don't say it from your throat? Well, it's both. So, uh, okay, like the version that I was taught, you say it from your tummy and it's like, you know, the way for you to like connect with the universe. Yeah. And the way I learned it, like from people like that I grew up with was like, it doesn't really have anything to do with religion and it's more, like yoga itself is not like a religious thing. I mean, at least like, you know, in India, it's not associated with religion. Yeah, I wouldn't say. I mean... It's like, you, do you associate Tai Chi with religion? Yeah, but I think that's different. Because in order to be a yogi, you need to have certain principles. Like, you need to believe in certain stuff, in my opinion. But also, like, when you become a yoga teacher, you are taught philosophy. You're not just taught, like, how to do the asanas and how to be a good teacher in terms of, like, adjustment. You're taught, like, yoga... 360 degrees and that has a lot to do with philosophy because in order to be a yoga teacher and in order to really kind of pass on the teachings of what yoga is and what yoga means you need to learn philosophy and you need to abide by the rules and there are so many rules and the more you learn about it it's something I've discovered myself as well while I was studying for my yoga teacher training exam was like the more you study about it the more you realize that it is kind of a religion like it tells you what to do and what not to do and what you should do to be a good yogi. Okay, so, in, okay, let me, I'm just trying to understand what you're saying, which is that yeah. you're saying that yoga by itself is like a religion. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now now it makes like, you know, more, yeah. more clarity. I thought yeah. that you're saying that, okay, no, 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 now I still need to clarify one thing. Yeah. Do you believe that in order to like practice yoga, you need to believe in a higher power? No. Okay, then, yeah, then we're on the same page. I feel for me like religion, so I'm an atheist and mm -hmm. um, religion doesn't really like ring like a positive bell in my head. So then, but yoga is something that's so positive. It's like life changing to be very honest. Yeah, to me too. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's very peaceful. Like, you know, my most peaceful time of the day is like when I do headstands. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, so inversions peaceful. are super good for you and are antidepressants, by the way. Because, you know, blood rushes to your head and it, yeah. it just feels so good. So yeah. I just didn't like, you know, I, uh, I probably am not really for the concept of associating with yoga, which is in positive light to like organized religion, which no. for me is in negative light. 
No, no, no. I mean, I don't think everybody should only do yoga if you, you know, believe in it. I think you can also just do yoga without really believing in it. It's like, it's like an exercise. Right. It's like, I mean, you can do yoga as just an exercise because it's good for you and that's, that's fine. However, you know, the origin of yoga and of a yogi itself is just, I feel like it's very different. And I'm very glad people took yoga from India and brought it to the West and made it accessible to so many people because it's so good. It is also true that it has lost a lot of its true nature and what yeah. it really intrinsically stands for. If we're just talking from a point of view of like, you know, the history of India. Mm-hmm. A lot of Indian culture has been lost because of colonization, right? Yeah. And I feel that when yoga is getting, like, the knowledge of yoga is getting imparted from India to the world, yeah. you need to use the words that are Indian instead of changing it to dog pose or whatever. Like Sanskrit. Pose. Yeah, use Sanskrit because, I mean, we learned English. I mean, you know what's really sad? My first language is not Tamil, it's English. And it's not for all Indians, though. Yeah, have for to sure. Say that, I'm yeah. talking about like my first language, yeah. and like at least like there are like many, 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 many million people for whom this is the reality. And I read English, write English at like hundred times faster pace than I read my own mother tongue, and that's like a result of colonization, right? Yeah. Like you're losing out your own language, the language that you know gave life to your country or, or like your community. You're losing out on that. So I do believe that when certain aspects of a culture is taken out and put out. It's like, you know, Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe, between Zimbabwe and Zambia, right? So, like, culturally, it's actually called Masiotonia. Uh-huh. Did you know that? Yeah, Macedonia. Yeah. No, yeah. Masiotonia. That's, what the, that's the name of Victoria Falls, like, in Zimbabwe and Zambia. Okay, no. So, no. Victoria Falls, like, no. one of the world's wonders, is actually in Africa and between Zimbabwe and Zambia's border. And culturally, it's called, like, Masiotonia. But then the world does not know Marcy Otunia. The world knows Victoria Falls. Mm-hmm. And I feel personally that's that's a problem. Yeah. Because that's erasure. Yeah. Like, somewhere... I mean, there's a lot of places like this, like Saigon and Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, like exactly. Things I mean, like that. I feel that it's strong. And I see it's like, you know, like nobody has to listen to me. I'm like a nobody, okay? There's like one person <laughs> who's listening to the podcast and that's you. And like your fans. 20 people from my end my mom will listen to it even though she probably won't understand like fully but she will listen to it does she speak english uh, she understands that she doesn't speak my, my, my dad does speak how come you speak like your mother tongue is english and they're like her mother tongue is not no my mother tongue is not english so okay uh, but my first language is english so that's like what i'm learning at school your first language right your mother tongue is like yeah okay yeah um because in school you learn English and therefore that has become the language you're most fluent in. Exactly. Like I didn't learn like my own language till I was 12. And your parents did not go to an English school? No, they, they went to like an English university, but they didn't go to an English school. That is something that I feel. I also feel this, okay, see, there are like 99 people who are like appreciative, like they're appreciative of culture. Yeah. There's like one person of people who ruin it for everyone. I mean, for yeah. the longest time, like, I hated where I was from. And it's not like, because, I mean, for example, like, when I first started traveling, right, I went to Australia, and we, were, we had this van, and we were going to travel in this van. In and, Australia. Yeah. And, and like, the van had, like, five seats. We were six people. And... They were basically like, do you want to sit on the on the floor of the van? You're probably used to it in India. And that really hurt like a bitch. 
and for, yeah. I feel like you know stereotypes yeah I mean like when I, uh, at that point I was like straight out of my teenage so my face was still forming and I hadn't really been in the sun too much that you know like when you go out in the sun you become like more tanner at that point of time like you know I didn't I wasn't really in the sun at all and yeah I didn't I hadn't traveled before so I was like much more lighter skin toned and my face was forming so you couldn't really tell from my face where exactly I was from so I felt oh, people here so you could be South American too for uh, example yeah exactly yeah. So I felt like I had like a better treatment when I didn't exactly say where I was from. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like people are like this one woman, like, you know, in Australia, she was like, I told her like, you know, let's keep in touch. Let's add each other on Facebook. And she was like, wait, do you have internet in India? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why. I mean, when I was in the US, they asked me like the dumbest questions ever about Italians. Like, do you have horses? Like stuff like that. People are just ignorant. Yeah, I don't blame them, okay? They don't have to know like about every single country or they don't have to. I'm no. just saying personally, when I was like younger, I felt like, you know, even now, even now, like 100%, I get way better treatment. Not from like, you know, like people I meet for like friends and stuff, but like when it comes to like service industry, for example. Yeah. When they know that I am not like from this particular place and they're like kind of like ambiguous. Like, you know, this massage space that you send me to, right? Mm-hmm. So last time Nature's I fun. went to her, like, by the way, shout out to them. They have the best <laughs> massages in Bali. Um, yeah. Um, but then that woman, okay, she was, she was like, you know, at the end of the massage, she was like, you know, I have three options as to where you're from. And I was, she asked you that? Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Because never, they never asked me that. Yeah, you're just white. Okay. For me, like, you need to do like, a little bit of de- de- detection work to figure out exactly. Right. But I could be from, literally, I could be from, like, uh, Oceania. I could be from... Middle East, I could be from Africa, okay. I could be from Europe, I could be from North America, I could be from... There's like a small prob- bubble like I could break here, right? Um, you know like how some peop- some white people say all Asians look the same? Mm-hmm. The reverse is also true. Like, white people look the same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. You could be from Oceania, you could be from all white US, people. but like you yeah. guys all migrated from one spot, right? So like, um, for like a service industry worker, if it's like a white person, they probably have money. That's all they care about, right? And you probably want to do a good service for them. And like, you know, she, like at the end of the massage, she's like a very, very nice person, okay? I, like, she wasn't like trying to like be like mean or something like that, okay? Mm-hmm. She gave me like an amazing massage and at the end of it, she was like, you know, I have three options as to where you're from. And I was like, okay, let's, let's hear it. And she was like, you're, you're either Indian or you're Spanish or like you're, you're like somewhere like Indonesian, Malaysian, something like this. And I was like, okay, like... Those are more than three options. Yeah, like, the third one was like a more clubbed option. Yeah, it was just like a whole group of people. <laughs> and I was like, no. But like, when I was younger, like, since my face wasn't fully formed, you couldn't, like, fully tell. So, at that point of time, I, like, had, like, many, many experiences where I just felt like people didn't, like, shove stereotypes on my face when I didn't tell them. Would you have wanted to be from somewhere else? Yeah. For the passport. For just for the passport. For sure. And also like, you know, how easy your life is. Like, I mean, yesterday we were discussing about like, you know, passport privilege. Unemployment. Oh, unemployment. Same. Like if I'm unemployed in India, I'm just unemployed. Yeah. Like the government is not going to give you any money. If you're unemployed in India, you're, you're unemployed. For sure. Like it's undeniable that I'm playing life on the, one of the hard settings, you know, compared to like, you know, a like a man from Germany, you know? Yeah. 
Last question. I feel like I'm gonna always like end this with with this one question. But if you wanted to just have people to remember you for one thing, which is you know stupid because it's just one thing, but what would you want them to remember you for? She lived her life to her fullest. That's it. Cool. Because I don't think that you know everyone has like a put like okay I'm sorry that I'm expanding on this, but I just wanna like you know I like this topic because it's not like you know I've discussed this with other people you know. I do feel like, you know, there are certain limitations as to like where you can get to in life. For example, Bill Gates did Microsoft, right? And his high school I guess. Was, um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe he did. And his high school actually was the first high school to get a computer. Like in the whole world, okay? And then from his high school, only three people used the computer. Bill Gates and like two of his friends. Wow. Out of which Bill Gates wasn't the smartest guy, okay? Out of the three people. And then... Out of the three people, the actually the smart guy actually ended up passing away because he went on like an adventure trip of some sort and he passed away. That left it to two people. Out of which both of them work together and you know, Bill Gates are Microsoft. So I do feel that, you know, where you're born and like what resources that you're given in life does play like an effect on like how far you can reach. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not a loser, okay? I'm never gonna say that, you know, you're limited by your resources are where you're born because you know you can you can do anything that you put your mind to like uh, you know one of my goals is like yeah I'll go to space and I know for a fact that if I live till I'm 40 I would have been in space already by then because you know I have this mentality where I can do anything I put my mind to and I ardently believe in it but yeah so but there are like limitations based on like where you're from so for me the thing that I can actually make peace with is that I may not you know be the first person to land in Mars okay I may not be that person but I can do like my best and for me like life feels more peaceful when I know that that is my best mm -hmm. instead of being like oh I like you're doing your best with the resources that you have exactly that's why I feel like you know if that is something that people can remember me for it should be that I lived my life to my full potential and I did whatever that I could have done Sounds good. Thank Adios. you so much. <laughs> ciao, ciao, everyone. Thank you so much. For listening to the first episode. For listening to the very, very first episode of Taboo, Taboo with Mimi. Mimi. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>